0: The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. You never would have imagined those two groups of people working together. And yet their hatred for Jesus was so intense that they were willing to set aside their differences they came together to lay what they thought would be the perfect trap a trap which stemmed from pure wickedness a trap that at a minimum would hurt Jesus credibility and at most would endanger him of treason, and death. The Pharisees, a religious group, and the Herodians, a political group, came together and they were scheming to come up with a question that had no good answer to it. Where would they turn to find such a question to present to Jesus? politics. They wanted Jesus to get political. In verse 17 it says, they go up to Jesus, Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? It was a pretty cunning question. Because you see, if If Jesus said, yes, pay the tax, well, many of the religious people would have likely turned against him because they viewed Caesar as an oppressive ruler. Even many of Jesus' own disciples wouldn't have liked to hear that answer. But if Jesus would have said, no, don't pay the tax, well, the Romans would not have liked to hear that and Jesus certainly would have faced punishment. It really was a good question. I mean, imagine today if Jesus was still alive and someone wanted to attack him or discredit his teachings. Wouldn't turning to politics be the place to go? Imagine a room with with both Republicans and Democrats, and somebody says, hey Jesus, what do you think of President Biden? How could Jesus possibly answer that question and please both sides? Jesus, of course, sees through their their flattery and their wicked intent, And Jesus called them out. He called them hypocrites. And then he said to them, show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius. And Jesus asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they said. And then Jesus said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Jesus answers perfectly with the help of a visual aid, the coin. Jesus says that that there are things that we owe to Caesar and there are things that we owe to God. And so give to each appropriately. So what do we owe Caesar Let's apply Jesus' command to to our life today. Do we owe taxes? Yep. So pay them. But our taxes go to to that, or or they support that cause. Do you remember who was in power when Jesus spoke these words? Rome. Rome. Do you know what Rome was commonly known for? Being an incredibly pagan nation that worshipped all kinds of false gods. But still, Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. What else do we owe Caesar? We just heard it in in our second lesson. Paul says that that we owe the governing authorities' submission and honor. Do you remember who was in power when Paul, inspired by God, wrote those words? Rome. Do you know what Rome was commonly known for? Being an incredibly pagan nation that worshipped all kinds of false gods. Yet, Paul still commanded the Christians in Rome... To honor those in authority. The same authorities that would execute Paul. You know, I think what's, what's so unique for us as Christians living in, in this country in the 21st century is that we have a voice. First, understand how unique that is. You see, Paul or the disciples or any of the Christians living at this time, they had no say who their rulers were and who was in charge. But for us, we have a little bit more skin in the game, so to speak. Because we can vote. We can speak to who the authorities are on a local level and on a national level. But I think because of that we face a great temptation that if the person who's elected isn't who we voted for, well, then it's easy to to dishonor them or or to blame them for for anything that goes wrong. But Jesus is is telling us today that that no matter who's in office, we owe them our honor and our respect. Now when it comes to, to honoring those elected officials, I think we face two potential ditches that we could fall into. Maybe the first one is, is the most obvious and that's dishonoring those elected officials. It could be a, a post on Facebook, something we, we say to someone else. Maybe it's a a t-shirt or a hat that we wear that dishonors an elected official. But even more than that, maybe maybe you're not really into government and politics and Paul wrote to a young pastor named Timothy and told him and his congregation to pray for those who are in authority by by failing to do so that's actually another way that we can dishonor those in authority by not praying for them but i think there's another ditch that we can fall into giving to caesar that which belongs to god alone In Psalm 146, the the psalm writer says, Do not put your trust in princes in human beings who cannot save. But I know for me, this can be easy to do sometimes. Uh, I can convince myself that, you know, if that person gets elected, well, then everything will be so much better. Honor? We owe that. But our honor? Hope and our trust? Absolutely not. Those belong to God alone. No candidate will ever be able to deliver on their promises of heaven on earth that they make in their campaigns. This past week, I was listening to one of my seminary professors on a podcast, and he said something that that really struck me. He said, quote, I understand why people get so savage in the polarized America in which we live, because politics is all they got. That's all they got. But for us, it is at best a way of keeping order in a world that would otherwise fall into chaos as we are on the path to glory we look at things as strangers in this world end quote that is so important for us to remember you know paul writes in philippians 3 that, that our citizenship is in heaven we are strangers in this world and yet as we live in this world, we are temporarily citizens of two kingdoms. The eternal kingdom that, that God rules and an earthly nation. But when we remember that, that our citizenship is in heaven, that, that Jesus' kingdom is not of this world, Then we'll also remember that Jesus rules all things for the good of his eternal kingdom. You see, about a year from now, on November 5th, 2024, Jesus won't be staying up late to see which candidate gets the 270 electoral votes that are needed to win the presidential election. He already knows. (laughs) And he knows who's going to win 2028 and 2032. And we can be sure that that Jesus is, is directing all elections and all the happenings of this world to serve his eternal kingdom. And because of this, we... We can honor any government or any ruler that's in place because they wouldn't be in power without God granting it. That's what Jesus was telling these people. He said, look at the coin. You see Caesar's face? Caesar is in charge. But you can know that because he's in charge, God granted it. Jesus did not acknowledge Caesar as anything more than a temporary ruler, however. You see, Jesus perfectly gave to Caesar what belonged to Caesar. For all the times that that we have spoken poorly of the president or another elected official, Jesus perfectly honored the authorities in our place Jesus so perfectly submitted to the governing authorities that it led to his own unjust murder. Imagine if Jesus had joined Peter on that Thursday night in the garden and fought back against the soldiers. Imagine if on Friday morning, as Jesus stood before Pilate, he called on his angel armies. Oh, he could have won an earthly battle. But we would still be dead in our sins. When they heard Jesus' answer, they were amazed. And so they left him and went away. I hope that you are just as amazed by our Savior this morning. Because it was that Savior who knew what was going to happen at the hands of of the government, of those Roman soldiers. He knew what was going to happen. But he went anyways. And it was through that, that crucifixion, that horrible death on the cross, that Jesus brought about forgiveness and peace for the whole world. Forgiveness and peace for you. Jesus never became so concerned with the affairs of this world that he lost sight of the eternal kingdom to come. And so we give to God what is God's, we give him our obedience which includes honoring those in authority as God commands us. But more than that, we give him our our trust and our hope and our love and our praise because we know that through Jesus we have been made citizens of a much better kingdom, an eternal kingdom where we have a king who rules with justice and righteousness. He rules perfectly forever. And so while we live temporarily as citizens here in this nation, we eagerly look forward to the day that that we will be in Jesus' perfect kingdom, in heaven, forever with him. Amen.